Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves the experience of cracking them open, or you just love the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios is the perfect healthy snack when hunger strikes. I happen to love me my pistachios. Uh, I don't want to screw around with the nuts, so I love the no-shells pistachios. Anyway, there are a bunch of flavors to choose from, like honey roasted, smoky barbecue, jalapeno, lime, and more. Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts, and each ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. The best part of spring cleaning is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out that you've been paying a fortune for wireless, and then Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data, unlimited talk and text, delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone and any Mint Mobile plan and bring your own phone number along with your existing contacts. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. My team here, they're on Mint Mobile and they like it. For a fraction of the cost, Mint Mobile proved to have excellent coverage with no drop calls or unsent texts. Plus, they make it super easy for me to activate my device just by following a few simple steps online. And bam, done. To get this new customer offer and the new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash literally. That's mintmobile.com slash literally. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash literally. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speeds slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. I can't be in a classroom. I can't be in a lesson. I can't be at a piano class. I need to be on a set where I can... Let it loose, and man. You're how old at this point? I'm 11 years old, man. Wow. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Literally. Jerry O'Connell is here. Or as I like to say, Kush from Jerry Maguire. People forget about Jerry O'Connell, like some of the like disparate stuff he's been in. Jerry's got season 14, season 14 of The Talk. New episodes air weekdays at 2 p.m. on CBS and Paramount+. Plus. And he's also notoriously just one of the great dudes. So um, let's get cracking with Jerry. Save the gold. This is gold. This is... I don't know if it's gold. It's gold. By the way, speaking of gold, that watch, what do you got going on Oh, it's there? a Timex. It was it's amazing. $40. That's, That's amazing, I though. I know. That's so know. sick. I know. A $40 Timex? I know. You you know what it is? I took it to my... I took my watch, my other watch, to my watch guy, and he went, no charge. He changed the battery. And I was like, dude, you gotta charge me something. You could have charged me $100. I would have paid it. And he was like, no, there's no charge. And I was like, oh, God, I gotta buy a watch now. So he had this, and I was like, oh, let me get that. And I really like it. I wear it all the <laughs> no, time. No, it's really good. <laughs> I know, yeah. It's so good. I know, I know, I know. I mean, I brought in the bad boy today. Yeah, I love it. I brought in the I Paul. It. I love it. Paulie Newman, baby. I love oh, it. Do we have to sync up here? Oh, we're good. So this is all in. I love it. My man Jerry's wearing a Timex. Yeah, gold. It, it, it's, it's, it's not real gold. But. It's like you and I, but we take a licking, we keep on ticking. Yeah, it's a, um, no, it is a digital watch. Uh, I was telling you, I had a uh, another watch that I got a battery changed in. And, the, I, you know, wristwatches are like, it's just not happening anymore. You know, I think everybody has clocks on their phones, yeah. so they don't really need them. And so I, anytime I have anything that's wristwatch related, I try and give this guy in my neighborhood money, you know, yes. He's right there. And I brought my watch in and he changed the battery and he told me no charge. And I was like, dude, you got to charge people. You can't do this. This is no way to run a business. I know. And he was like, no, it's okay. I didn't really do anything. And I was like, oh gosh. So I had to look at all his watches and I saw this digital gold Timex. I'll, 
I'll throw it up on your Instagram. It's, it's really funny. really good, man. <laughs> it's really yeah, good. Thanks, thanks. I, I've gotten into the watch game a little bit recently. It's it's a it's it's a it's because you know guys we have you know our, our girls is 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 Rebecca like a a shopper? So Rebecca is my wife. Um, my wife. Uh, my wife, um, your wife, a very wife, pretty woman. Uh, my wife is a, um, is a shopper. My wife I, shops. I took her as a shopper. My wife shops uh, a little obsessively. Mm. It's a, uh, it's funny. It's, and it, it, talking to her about it, you know, we all have, uh, our obsessions. Yes, we do. <laughs> we all, uh, everyone's compulsive about something. Yeah. And, um. My wife is compulsive about shopping, and now it has taken the form of uh, boxes coming to the house and packages. Of course. And I know I'm in trouble if a package needs to be signed for, if Ooh. it can't just be left at the front door. And so, you know, it, it is interesting. My wife makes, uh, earns a living. My wife earns yeah. uh, more money than me. So I'm really not in a position to say, you know, you have to stop this. But I do say... Hey, is everything okay? There's a lot of boxes that I'm signing for. Do we need to talk about something? Right, yeah. How many kids do you have? We have two kids. We have a set of twin girls. They're 14. Oh, my gosh. Um, They're right in it. It's really crazy. What are they into? You know, um, they're big Taylor Swifties for sure. Got to be. Uh, Rob, I, I don't want to start any fights here. They are not Swifties. Wait a minute. Yes. My children are not Swifties. How can that possibly even be? You know, there are some kids out there. I know because my daughters and their friends are not Swifties. They all went to the SZA concert the other night. Okay. Um, They're right. SZA fans. All they right. like Frank Ocean. They like Childish Gambino. Oh, who doesn't? Oh, you know, I don't want up. to offend any fan groups. I especially don't want any ire coming your way. I know uh, your podcast is very popular, but my children have no interest in in Swifties at all. I said when, you know, it was an event when Taylor yes. came to town and all yeah. that stuff. And I said, you know, should I be saving up for tickets? And they <laughs> went, uh, we're not interested. We don't want to go. We're, we're not into that. I don't know if it's because they're 14 and a little mature. No, they're 14 um, and they're iconoclasts. They're, they're, I can get, I get already, they're like, you know, that's for everybody else. That's what you want. I mean, when you're 14 and when something's, too, things can be too popular. Yeah, maybe it's that. You know, I do find um, if I see any teenage girl these days walking anywhere, I immediately think it's my children. They have this look now where they let their hair air dry. They wear baggy pants, very loose fitted jeans and crop tops. And uh, they wear chunky sneakers, big chunky sneakers, or Adidas Sambas. That's the look. And I they like don't wear belts, but they will use a shoelace as a belt. I'm not kidding. This is what the kids are doing now. I'm trying to keep you up to date here. A shoelace? I swear to you. Uh, someone give me, has anyone seen a shoelace as a belt? Okay, yes. there's a lot of hands going up in the booth. Um that's what they do. It's insane. I've offered to buy my children. It's not like I'm not allowing them to use belts. Right. I have I offered to buy them belts. I, when we go out and they buy jeans, I say, they're very loose fitted. Would you like a belt to go with that? And they go, dad, no one wears belts. I'll just borrow a shoelace. Everyone knows that. Okay. And so that's what they do. Okay. Do you have the balls to, to, to take that trend on your show? I do not. Oh, you should though. <laughs> that's a whole segment. Look, I know how hard-fought segments are to yeah, come by. You, you're pretty, you should be, you should be at a podium telling us what to do. You're absolutely right. I mean, somebody's been doing this a minute. Everybody, come you're on, absolutely right. I, that what we just did is that's what I watched the talk for. Yeah, right, right, that's right. it. You, Jerry O'Connell, this right. gorgeous man, comes yes. out with a shoelace belt. Yeah. Dude, I, that's I want to unpack that. You know what? It's going to be a segment tomorrow. But I will say, um. You know, I uh, n not to m make everything serious here. My children are also, and and you're very open about everything. Um, my children are also at the age where they're starting to go to parties and drink a little bit, Rob. And sure. it's really, um, mm -hmm. it's funny. That's a new chapter for my wife and I. And um, it's funny. Just this weekend, I dropped them off at a party. And I was like, beforehand, I have to say like, hey, guys, you know, I can't tell you what to do and what not to do, you know, but like try not to get like wasted. And I see a lot of their friends getting really wasted. My One of my kids got really wasted once. And I was like, 
And guys, you know, it runs in the family and we all have issues and, you know, just know you're doing it because you don't feel comfortable in a situation. Try to be who you are and know it's going to be nervous walking into any situation. If you see new people, try to introduce yourselves. Don't use alcohol as a crutch. I realize, like, you know, because I, we all remember when we were young and we felt uncomfortable as everyone does. And then you had a drink and you were like, oh, this is who I am. Oh, okay. Yeah, for sure. This is, yeah. oh my gosh, this is the real me. <laughs> yeah. This is the real me. Yeah. I wasn't, I can't believe I never did this before. <laughs> yes. I, I tapped into who I am finally. Yes, yes. Hey everybody, I'm here. I'm me. And I try to explain that to my teenage daughters as much as possible because, you know, my kids are, you know, there are no saints, but they have a couple friends who just hit it hard a lot, you know? And I try to explain like, hey guys, this is like straight up being uncomfortable in situations. I know exactly this feeling. And if you can figure out how to get through that uncomfortable feeling without a substance, by the way, it ain't just alcohol these days. It's so funny. I'm going to sound like a real geezer now, but because marijuana is now legal, which is still new to an old man like me. Oh, you know, I, I still can't, I still have to remind myself that the reason the traffic is so slow <laughs> is that marijuana is legal. <laughs> I, but by the way, you know, I, I, I don't want to like be a nerd with anybody. I don't smoke. Sorry, everybody. But like, I have like such a keen smell. I can smell it. If I'm doing 70 on the highway, I can smell the cars that it's coming from on the like highway. Like I said, every car. I'm like uh, every I'm, every car's like a Cheech and Chong <laughs> sequel, <laughs> but um, you know there's a lot of that with the kids because it's legal, so they get it in gummies and all that stuff. And I can just I can't tell them what to do. I can't stop them from going to parties, right. but I can tell them about my insecurities when I was their age. That's all I can do. Yeah, the the kids figuring out their relationship. I talk about it a lot on the show. Yeah. Their relationship with drugs and alcohol is such a big, 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 big part. And it's such a big part of parenting. And, you know, it isn't one size fits all. Everybody's different. Every kid is different. You know, some are just naturally going to not have an issue. Others are born to have an issue. You know, and it's it's so great um, that we live in this time because in my time, you know, my parents, uh, you know, I, I love you guys if you're listening. But they partied pretty hard. And um, when I started partying, no one, no parent pulled me aside and said like, Maybe, you know. Yeah, no, no. You know, I mean, it would have been like, hey, what are, what are you doing? Like, stop that. Cut that out. You know, it was, um, I'm trying to be insightful. You know what I'm saying as a parent without having any guidance whatsoever. Yeah, it's, and, and it's also, the like you said, the, um, uh, the peer group, you know, I mean, I, I'll never forget rolling into Malibu from Dayton, Ohio as a teenager in the eighth grade, cool girl birthday party. And her, her big birthday gift was a, like two grams of Coke. And I was like, what the living that hell was, yeah, that's is going crazy. on here? Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, it's crazy. I, is it? I mean, is it? I guess it's different. Uh, then Ohio. I mean, I think it's the same. I think it, these are problems that everybody runs into, though. I don't think it's just. Oh, for sure. I think teenagers are teenagers anywhere you go, you know. And but it's all a function of what you can get your hands on. I uh, believe me, if people could have gotten their hands on, you know, Mick Fleetwood's bag of Coke in Ohio, they would have. By the way, no disrespect. I uh, Mick Fleetwood just got taken down on this podcast for no good reason at all. Just now, I, I, he has nothing to do with anything. Um, but you know what I mean. But in Ohio, it was, what are you going to get? Johnny Bench's, you know, Bindle? Johnny Bench's Bindle. So that's a novel right there. I mean, that's a series of books. That's like Daisy, Daisy's whatever in the six. Daisy, yeah. uh, Daisy Jones in the six. Uh, I like it. <laughs> Where else can you go surfing and skiing in the same day? Or check out a world-class art museum and camp out under a brilliant night sky. Same day. Or hike through the redwoods and get a luxury spa treatment. There's only one answer. California. No matter where you go across this state, you will find a way to play. I, look, I love California. Um, 
And I have not yet surfed and skied in the same day, although I do do both. So that is on my bucket list. It's the most beautiful place in the world. Discover why California is the ultimate playground. Head to visitcalifornia.com to start planning your trip today. Transform your bathroom cleaning with Wet and Forget Weekly Shower Cleaner. You just spray today and rinse tomorrow for a no-scrub clean. With over 33,000 five-star reviews, this is your once-a-week solution to keeping your tub and shower surfaces sparkling clean. Available at Amazon, Lowe's, Menards, Home Depot, and Ace Hardware. Join thousands who've switched to an easier clean. Get your wet and forget weekly shower cleaner today and make your bathroom sparkle with zero scrubbing. I love fast cars, but there aren't a ton of high-performance EVs. They're certainly out here there. But when I when I get a chance to get behind the wheel of one, it's I love it. And I was blown away by the Kia EV6 GT. When you get behind the wheel of the Kia, it, it is literally like being in a state-of-the-art rocket ship, but also comfortable. The thing goes from zero to 60 in 3.4 seconds. It is the premium driving experience. And of course, it's an EV. So the climate thanks you. SiriusXM provides access to over 165 channels in the vehicle. Music, sports, news, comedy, yacht rock. Let's go. Little little steely Dan going in your Kia. Come on now. So check it out today. It is the all-electric Kia EV6 GT. I had a blast checking it out. Believe me, you should do it yourself via kia.com slash EV6. To learn more, that is kia.com slash EV6. Kia, movement that inspires. Tell me about what's going on over at the talk. So I work on a um, a talk show on CBS called The Talk. It is a panel of five of us, and it's a daily show, and I love it. It's funny. I came into this business as an actor, uh, as a young actor, as a very young actor. I was in Stand By Me. Um, oh, yes. And uh, I never thought I would be doing this. And here I am. Um, you know, it it really happened. It, how did how did what was the genesis of it? Uh, Kelly Ripa, I love Kelly. I was um, I was doing a play in New York, a Broadway play. Yeah, drop these. Yeah, you got to got to do it. Just a play, Listen, a Broadway play. They'll, they'll never take it away from you. Yeah. Um, I was doing a Broadway show, and um, this was back when uh, Regis, God rest his soul, was her co-host, and Regis uh, had to take a little time off. And um, they called me to uh, co-host. I mean, I'll tell you the long sorted. By the way, you're kind kind of describing what to me would be kind of a dream scenario. You do the the, whatever the what's the name of the show now with Kelly and Rip. They've changed it a a thousand times now. It's uh, Kelly Mark. It's her husband. Kelly Mark. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. So you do that show in the morning. And right. then you do your play at night. Right. That's the that would be the dream career, yeah. actually. Yeah, it is. It really would be. Um because you know you make your money and have fun and talk politics and riff and satisfy your curiosity and then um, uh, and, you know and, what? and make your money and then you go and lose your money, but have your artistic thing. Um, I'm gonna actually in Broadway. I'm gonna actually give you my drunkalogue here. This oh, good. is a good story. Good. I was booked on as the third guest on Kelly and Regis. This is twelve. 13, 12 years ago, and they bumped me. Now, for those at home who don't know what bumping means, it means you're at the end of the show, the last segment, and I was there to talk about this Broadway show. I said it was Broadway, right? Yeah, was it it on Broadway? It was on Broadway. It was a Broadway show. Um, And they ran out of time because, I don't know, Fran Drescher went over, like whoever was the first guest. Jim Belushi went over. Yeah, there's a perfect names for that time. And what, what time is this? 19? Yeah, it was like 90. It was somebody. 90. You know, those are great. You can't do better it, it, than Belushi No, it was Drescher. somebody famous. It was like Will Ferrell. It was somebody famous. No, and they just went over. Will. Too early for Will. And um, I got bumped. And when you get bumped, it means 
you woke up early, you brushed your hair, you put on makeup, you waited in the room, you chit-chatted for an hour, and then someone came to see you probably with the la- like along the last 30 seconds of the show and said, I'm so sorry, we're not going to get to you today. Uh, we ran out of time. We have to do a... Uh, uh, we have to do a cooking segment. We have to do really a kitty important. litter segment. It's yeah. a product placement thing. We have to, it's a must hit. It's a yes, must yes. hit. And um, I was livid. I was, <laughs> I was really angry. I got back on the subway and I was like, I'm allowed to curse here? Yeah. Oh, I was yeah. like, fuck this shit. Yeah. Fucking shit. And I got on the train <laughs> and uh, I was like, I'll never do that yeah. show again. Fuck those people. I'm on, I was doing a, I'm on I, Broadway. Yeah, I told you Broadway. Um, and I left. And I was on Broadway and I was drinking very heavily in these days. Um, and then I um, went out one night after our show and I was drunk. And my phone rang and it was the booker of uh, Kelly and Regis, uh, still the booker there. I'm sure you've met her, Kelly Burkhart. She's got, uh, yeah, she's you know been exactly there forever. She is, yeah, she talks sort of like this yeah. a little bit. She talks like the person who ran the, uh, the men's warehouse. Uh, I was. You're gonna like talks like. Uh, you're gonna like the way you look when you come and do this show. <laughs> um, no, I was gonna say uh, uh, Catherine um, of of Romancing the Stone. Uh, Catherine Ka- Turner. Ka- Kathleen Turner. Ka- Kathleen Turner. Yes. Just sort of that. And she called me up, and it was around one a.m. And she went, um, uh, "NPH, Neil Patrick Harris missed his flight. I need you to come in tomorrow." And I went, like in the back of, like in my head, I was like. No, man, fuck you people. I told you I'm done with you. Like, I didn't say that. I was like, it's 1 a.m. I'm drunk. Like, no. And she was like, please, this is a favor. I'm so sorry about last week. It won't happen again. I promise it won't happen again. And so I was like, oh, man. So like, you know, I still went out and drank all night. And then the next day got up a little late. You know, the show starts at nine. It's live. It's called Live with uh, Kelly Mark or Kelly Regis at the time. And I got on the subway and I went up there and I like liked to arrive just before nine because I didn't want to like deal. I was also hungover. I was still probably still drunk. I didn't want to deal with everybody. And um, everyone was like really like in my business, putting makeup on me and putting mics on me. And I was like, guys, I have an hour and I'm probably getting bumped for Fran. And um, Kelly came out, Kelly Ripa and grabbed my arm and we're walking. And she's like, wow, you, you smell like you've been partying. And I was like, Kelly, I was out late. Like you called me a one. What do you want? And she said, okay, well, we'll just have fun out there. And uh, she was like, you know what we're talking about? And I was like, uh, well, no, not not really. I have some things. And she went, all right, we'll just wing it. And then I was standing with her and they said, live with Kelly and Regis. Uh, filling in for Regis today is Jerry. And I went, oh, I'm hosting the show? And she went, <laughs> yeah, you're hosting. And then we walked out. And my first time doing it, I was not sober unreal and i was i had a slight panic attack slight Slight. like you know how like when you wake up in the morning after a night of drinking and your heart is racing and that fear it's the fear that's the craziest thing about partying is when you wake up the fear the next morning so the fear hit me on television but i took some breaths and i was like now's not the time to have a panic attack and she's the best so kelly started talking and then i fell into a rhythm and said a couple funny things and at the time i had two very young children and um i just told stories about them pooping themselves and you know being a dad of babies and that stuff and kelly said to me hey listen you're really good at this i'm gonna ask you to come back a bunch of times you're really good I, i really enjoy this with you and i was like oh i'm sure i said something like um in a play and Broadway. Broadway. And uh, Kelly said to me, look me dead in the eye and grab me. Now, Kelly's an act- actress, young actress, yeah. young actor, just like you, young actor, just like me, young actor. Kelly grabbed me and went, hey, man, I'm telling you, this is a good gig. Don't, like, if, if you're asked to come back, come back. You're good at this and you should do it. And that really, it, um, it, it, uh, it motivated me. Yeah. So th- I did it. I, I'm gonna say over a hundred times. I no way. With her. Yeah, I knew you. I knew you had done it. I wasn't aware it was that much. Now listen, this is where, this is where uh, I was never interested in co-hosting. I was an actor, and by the way, Rob, you and I come from a time where you either did movies or TV, let alone hosting and acting. That yeah. was not even a possibility. Uh, Rob, there was a time when you and I were coming up where we wouldn't do talk shows because you wanted to seem mysterious. Yes, yes, yes. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. Oh, and, God, yes. you know, uh, here I am in Kangaroo Jack 
uh, telling, you know, my publicist, I don't know if I can do Leno. Like, <laughs> I mean, I want to, don't I have like, um, what if I want to play? movie actor uh, now. Yeah, and what I, if I want to play a serial killer? I'm going to go there and tell a funny story about the kangaroo. Like, do I have to do it? Is the studio making me do it? So anyway, um, I did it a bunch of times. Kelly was looking for a new host. And uh, listen, Rob, you're not the only one in a room with a manager. I have a manager too, okay? I saw, actually, I saw your famous manager on the phone there. Um, but I have a big time manager. And my big time manager said to me when one of her co-hosts stopped working with her, he said, I got to tell you, this, they're going to ask you to co-host a bunch. This is your job to lose at this point. That's what he said to me. And I had never been the front runner for anything in my career. Rob, I'm... You know, uh, not to get too inside baseball, but when you're an actor, you either audition or you don't audition. It's yep. called offer only. But I've always been an auditioner and I've always been someone who, oh, all right, I guess we'll see him. And then they see me. And um, uh, I mean, I'm not saying this to be boastful, but I'm very good at auditioning. It's something that I I don't get nervous auditioning. I did get very nervous for an early screen test I did once, and I swore I would never get nervous in an audition again. I would just, I would just almost like beta block that out of my system. Yep, that makes sense. And um, so I try to be loose and try to like, I audition for a lot of commercials in my time. I don't know if you ever did commercials, but when you audition for commercials, uh, this is when commercials in their heyday, you would go on quite possibly 20 commercial auditions a week. And That's if right. you booked two a year, you were making bank, huge money. And so I got to a point where I didn't care about commercials and I knew how to quickly engage and get a job. Like I become very good at job interviews. You're a closer. It's not even a closer. I wouldn't like go so Glengarry on it. <laughs> I just, uh, I know what they were looking for and I could give it to them in a room and I'm easy, you know? That said, I had never been the front runner for a job. And, um, you know, I spent a lot of months um, co-hosting with her. And uh, I didn't get that job. Ryan Seacrest got that job. And he's very good, very talented, very professional. Um, the ratings were great. It was obviously the correct choice. I would have been a mistake. Um, but, like, after that, I was like, I... Now I have to succeed in daytime. It's so funny how it's like, it's right. like, it's almost like, it, 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 it's almost like, I don't know, like dating someone, like asking someone out and then you're right at the And threshold. then they say no. And yeah. then you're like, I'll do anything to be with you. Oh, please. I love you. <clears throat> it's like, I'll do anything. Oh God, just be with me, please. I'll even work at CBS Radford. I mean, it's, it, it, uh, no, I, I love it, but it's, um. Then daytime became sort of uh, something I became, uh, I studied and I wanted to work in. And I'm so sorry this story is taking so long. Cut me off. Um, but uh, during the pandemic, um, they had a change of cast at the talk. Yep. Um, and uh, they asked me to come in temporarily. And I came in temporarily. And soon after, they asked me to come in permanently. and. Um, uh, I really enjoy it. I really have a fun time doing it. It's really fun. It's really interesting. You and I are, uh, I mean, we're not the same. I'll, I'll just say it for the sake of uh, my uh, my ego. We're the same. Rob, you and I are the same, we're the same. man. We're the same. <laughs> we're very much the same in but many ways. when you're an actor, when you're a gig actor, you have no idea where your next job is next week. I mean, look, here's Rob Lowe here. His manager calls him and he's picking up his phone. He's like, well, what, what is it? Is it a job? Like that never leaves you. It never leaves you, Rob. No, never, never leaves. I mean, it doesn't matter. Henry Fonda thought he'd never work again to the day he died. It never leaves you. So the fact that I've had a job for three years at the same place every day, uh, I've been on a few series where I've had that, but uh, in this day and age, and I say in this day and age, because when I came to Los Angeles as an actor, series had 25 episodes a season. They all shot either at Warner Brothers or at Radford or within a three-block radius. Yeah, those and days are over. Those days are over. Now everything shoots out of state, out of country, mm -hmm. out of continent. And uh, I'm very grateful to work a few exits away from where my children, who are beginning to drink, go to school. <laughs> and um, 
I go to work every day. I have a lot of fun. And it is fun to talk about topical stuff. You know yeah. I mean? Like what happens that day, you get to go and say a couple things about it. No, it's for, it, for sure. It's, it's um, in the few times that I've done that, it's been really, really, really fun. Yeah. And you just... And, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you something uh, crazy though, being that um, uh, we're all very honest here. Um, I do feel like I failed as an actor a little bit. Isn't that crazy? You still have plenty of time. I know, but like, you know, I, I've had a few television shows that have been canceled early and that like, I'm not going to talk about them because uh, it's so funny when I hear other actors talk about well, their canceled you, you're, shows. You're going to talk about one of them because it's, oh, in my no it's no, on my notes. Gosh, please, I've tried to like not talk it's, about look, them. It's circled. You know, because I do feel circled. like I do feel like it is an obsession with self when I hear actors talk about a show that got canceled years ago and how it still bothers them because no one knows what they're talking about. And so, I mean, I will answer any questions that you have, but it is funny. It um. It, the, the, like doing the talk and I do have a fun time doing it. It's so funny. Maybe it's just a uh, like a discontentment I always have with myself. Like I'm never happy. I, I mean, I swear like, this is the happiest I get. Here's you go. Hey, Jerry. So I got a movie for you. Oh yeah. You get to play uh, uh, okay. a Czechoslovakian. Oh yeah, I'll do it. Double amputee. Okay, shooting in uh, who's, shooting. Who's in the process of transitioning? Shooting in Moldova, and right? And it's shooting in Moldova. Uh, yeah, it's shooting in Bratislava. Okay, let's go. And I'll do it. It's 16 days. I don't need to the read whole the whole movie. It's in 16 days, and you're getting Schedule F. Congratulations. Yeah. You're back in the movie business. I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I know, and, and that's what you're saying, but I mean, I'm just talking- Oh, and by one, the way, it's never going to be released. I'm talking one actor to another. It's just, know, you know, know, it's like I'm-, I'm I, I, I'm, what I'm trying to do is connect with you through the insecurities that never leave. You know what I'm saying? It's like yeah. funny. It's really. I got another offer for you. It's coming in. Hey, this is it's good. It's uh, the Marvel universe. I'll do it. Though. Oh So shit. it's um you're going to be shooting for 37 weeks. Okay. Um in Atlanta. Okay. Starting in the summer, of course. Um, you'll be in a full rubber Let's suit. <laughs> um, they're only paying you uh no. seventy five thousand dollars. Yeah. For, and um, and by the way, if you ask for more money, they're just going to put somebody else in the rubber suit. <laughs> Congratulations, you're back in the movie I'll business. I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it. It is pretty interesting. Um, okay, it wait. is interesting. So I am very grateful and I, and I love the talk. Okay, well, here, here we are, Camp Wilder. Oh, boy. Jay no. Moore. Yeah. And Hillary Swank. Correct. Yes. Hillary Swank has two Academy Awards. Yes. Also a former member of the Lowe family. Yes, yes, that that is correct. I actually, that's the first time I met your brother. That's right. Uh, he was dating uh, my co-star, Hilary Swank. Um, it was a TV show. It was called uh, TGIF. It was a uh, comedy block that they had on ABC on Friday nights, TGIF. Well, just nothing says comedy like TGIF. Right. Thank goodness it's Friday. Not thank God it's Friday. Uh, thank goodness it's Friday. Yes. And um, uh, it lasted, uh, I think, 16 episodes, and it got uh, got axed pretty quickly. That, so that was last, on me. I take full responsibility for that one. It lasted two seasons if it, it were a Netflix hit. <laughs> 16 episodes. That's two seasons, bro. Today. Yeah, it is different. What Rob is referring to is that we used to work uh, basically 10 months a year on a television show, and that is no longer the case. It's now two to three months a year. So Hillary, Hillary Swank. Right. I'm still I'm, very friendly with her. She's the best. So I, I remember vividly this moment in her career and it's a great it's such a great it's why we at the end of the day love what we do and why this business for all of its problems and there are so many of them but why it's still kind of magic i remember she could not get arrested after this fiasco it's my bad it was my bad and and i remember um she read, she read, she had this pilot she wanted to do. Oh boy, big, yeah. big, 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 big pilot. We were mm -hmm. all like on tenterhooks hoping Hillary would get this pilot sure, sure. at CBS. Sure. And she did, it was between her and one other person. I can't remember who it was. Are you, are you running lines with her? Is your, Chad, is your brother Chad, running lines Chad's with her? running yep. lines. I'm sure he's doing the whole thing, propping her up, doing the whole thing. And she doesn't get it. And the feedback from Les Moonves, who was oh then boy. the king of everything, oh boy. was Hillary Swank. She can't do drama. She's just too um, multi-camera. Wow. wow. She won two Academy Awards. Yeah. Immediately it is after pretty that. Funny. It is pretty funny. It's, um, yeah, you, you hear a lot of that early on, especially with failure. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's funny. Um, I'm 
a man of a particular age now and um, failures, uh, I'd say 90, 99% of it, man. You know, I mean, it's just, it's coming. And um, I don't know when I became okay with failure. I guess it comes with age. I, I don't know what happened. You know, um, see, I, I, I am not okay with wow. failure. Maybe you're more competitive than I am. Oh, oh, bro. Oh, bro. Yeah. So competitive. Don't you think there's nothing more you, don't you do the best that you possibly can do? And then yes, if and it fails. And, and that's, well, that's a different thing. That's success. That is success. It's all about what your definition of failure is, right? So we're going to do things that don't work. They're going to be jobs that we don't get. Yeah. There's going to be you know, all that stuff, but that's not failure uh, for me. As long as I try my best, am curious. Yeah. Am, am doing what I want to do with good intentions. And then you get out of the results. You can't be in the results business. Hey, listeners. Ever have trouble getting someone on the phone when you have a question about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person any time, day, or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So I came home to a little gift in my bathroom the other day from our friends at Harry's. To get what you want, you have to challenge the status quo and blaze your own trail. You know who challenged the status quo? Harry's. They saw customers getting ripped off by questionable products in the shaving industry and decided they had something better to offer. So instead of charging the same old ridiculous prices, Harry's found a way to make their beautifully designed razors, and they are beautiful, for a fraction of the price of the other big brands. Exceptional products, honest prices. That's Harry's. They have the highest customer satisfaction in shaving history and a no-risk trial. Don't like your shave? No worries. It's on them. Convenient subscription options that you can cancel at any time. And Harry's also has other self-care products that meet the same quality standards as their razors. Richly lathering, skin-softening body wash and scents like Redwood, Wildland, and Stone. And an extra high-quality, amazing-smelling deodorant for just five bucks. I love their stuff. I'm so impressed by Harry's products. All of it. It's all good. Don't settle for the status quo. Blaze your own trail with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash rob. That's harrys.com slash rob for a $3 trial set. Shopping for humans is hard. Shopping for your dog is easy. Thanks to Bark. Every month, we deliver toys and treats just for your pup. They deserve to be spoiled every month. At Bark, we send your dog a whole collection of toys and treats made just for them every single month. Whether it's our fun plush toys or our ultra-tough toys from Super Chewer, we give your dog exactly what they want. And for a limited time, we will double your first box for free. To get your free upgrade, go to BarkBox.com Rob. BarkBox is so convenient and delivers straight to your door and more importantly, right to your dog. I can't wait to try out BarkBox. My dogs need their toys, particularly the chewable toys. Sign up now at BarkBox.com Rob for an exclusive offer. This ad is now over. Let's get back to petting our dogs. You know, it's really funny. When I was in Stand By Me, uh, you know, this is another big bummer for me as well. I grew up in New York City, in Manhattan. Well, you went to the performing arts school, right? No, I went to professional children's school. I, I auditioned for the performing arts school. I, another oh, different failure. things? Yes. Oh, whoa, whoa. Performing arts school is this LaGuardia. Is it's, the, it's the public performing arts school, which I auditioned for, and I did not get in. I mean, this is like— What was whoa. your audition? 
Um, I don't remember. But oh, they, it was like you know, the music but they band. did give me a Gary, cold, Indiana, Gary, right. Indiana. They did give me a cold script, and I it was for a Southerner, and I remember I didn't do an accent. I just thought it was too cheesy. And looking back, I should have done an accent. Anyway, that was um, that's a failure. That was a failure. Yeah, thank you. Um, but it's good because uh, I grew from it. Um, I still don't think about it every day. I mean, no, it's not no. like I'm mentioning it on a podcast forty yeah. years later. Um. You but, can't watch a Kentucky Fried Chicken commercial now without weeping. Right. Um, you know what's funny is uh, a, 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 maybe a big um, issue of mine is, uh, so I was, I had done, my father worked in advertising. I had done some background work in a commercial that he worked on, but I took le- classes every weekend at a place called HB Studios in New York, which is uh, a fine acting studio. It's still there. Uh, Herbert Berghoff, Uta Hagen, mm-hmm. um, acting studios. It's really, uh, it's great. It's, it's renowned. And uh, I did a weekend, like, teen class there. And then I went to an open call for Stand By Me. Wow, an open call. And I got called back. Wow. And I got called back. And I got called back. And then I got flown out to Los Angeles to screen test. And I got it. Um, you know, I didn't just get it. I, uh, there was an actor who lived on my block. You know, New York is a very, I grew up in the West Village. It's very artistic. Chelsea. Yeah. Um, so there was a guy who was an actor named, uh, Blake Brocksmith who lived on my block. He was in, in the Flamingo Kid. Remember that Gary Marshall movie? Of course I do. Difficult to find. You can't find it streaming. Really? I've looked for it. Yeah. Really interesting. You can only uh, buy it on DVD. Wayne Gretzky's wife. On the diving board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Janet, uh, Janet Jones, Janet Jones and Matt Dillon. Yep. Um, sweet ginger Brown. Remember he, he gets, uh, he gets gin at the end of it. Sweet ginger. Um, but, uh, he was an actor in that. And my mother said, Hey, he's going to screen test. Will you work with him for a couple weeks on this script? Like <laughs> I had no one in my family who was in entertainment. My mom was a teacher and he really worked with me for two weeks on the two or three scenes, sides, they yeah. called him. And uh, he gave me tips like, hey, when you fight with Corey Feldman's character in the audition, don't talk to him until you have the fight scene. And then even if he tries to talk to you in the hallway, then explode on him when you see him, you know? And, you know, I'm telling you, that'll get you the part if you just unleash on him. And um, I got the role. Amazing. I go out to Oregon. Yeah. Rob Reiner, River Phoenix. Corey Feldman, Kiefer. Will Wheaton, Kiefer Sutherland, Casey Shamasco. Remember Casey? Casey? I'm, still good, I'm still good friends with him. Love him. Um, and um, we do the movie. And Rob, I got to tell you, I was a child who was, they called me hyperactive. That's That was the term then. Now yes. I guess it's ADHD. They don't yeah. say hyperactive anymore. And every school, I, every class I was in, uh, there were conversations that I should be on Ritalin. There were mm. conversations. He doesn't sit on it. Like he speaks out of turn. He um, blurts things out. He's never quiet. He's unable to focus. I mean, so many conversations with my mom leaving principal's offices, like with her saying, can you just fucking sit on your hands? Can you, can you shut up? Can you be quiet, please? Can you not blurt things out? I mean, what's going on? And um, I got to set. And I mean, we were probably shooting the first day. And uh, it was the scene where we're throwing stones in the can. I don't know if you recall. Mm-hmm. We're like goofing around in the junkyard. And I ad-libbed. I, we were rolling and we're four boys. And I was goofing around and I got into it. And I ad-libbed something. And... Uh, Everyone was laughing. I got to laugh, you know? I was familiar with that. And then Rob Reiner went, cut, cut, cut. And I was like, oh, shit, here it comes, you know? like Here comes the principal. Here it comes. Like, sit on your hands. Jerry, yeah. don't do that. Say the lines, right. all that stuff. And I was like, here it comes. And Rob Reiner came over and went, Jerry! Big booming, you know, uh, big booming voice, Rob, Rob Reiner. And I was like, yeah, Rob. And he went, more of that. I love that. Keep going. Keep going. Take it further. And I got to tell you, Rob, a light bulb went off of me and I went, this is, this is my spot. This is me. 
Yeah. I need to be on a set. I need to be on a set. Yeah. I, I can't be in a classroom. I can't be in a lesson. I can't be at a piano class. I need to be on a set where I can let it loose. And man. you're how old at this point? I'm 11 years old, man. Wow. 11 and years. And I got to tell you, old. a light bulb went off. So anyway, we do the movie. Rob, it's the best summer of my life. It is the best summer of my life. There's soda and I have people telling me to go crazy. It's hilarious. <laughs> I have adults coming up to me, adults who are big time sitcom stars, meathead in all in the family. Yes. Saying to me, that was so funny what you did. Do that again. More like this. Why don't you try this? Say this line. And it was my spot. It was my spot immediately. No parents who were in the business. I mean, I guess a weekend class, but just it's where my energy needed to be yeah. and where I felt most comfortable. And it was funny. I came back home for the summer. Both my parents worked. So my grandparents came with me and um, my father who was in advertising and I think probably had aspirations to be in the business or whatever. Everybody does. You know, everyone's got a script or something. <laughs> I remember I came home and I was telling him stories that they let us ride on the crane and let us, I did a stunt and they gave me a stuntman patch and it was so great. And it starts off, you do a master dad and then they come in for close-ups and, um, you know, you play things broadly in the master, but then when they come in for close-ups, you want to take it down a notch. I was explaining to him everything I'd learned, everything I loved. And my father said, um, Hey, listen, don't, uh, you're going to go back to school. I'm in public school in New York City at this yeah. time. He's like, don't go around telling people you're in a movie and everything. This, this movie's never coming out. It's <laughs> never getting released. No one will ever see it. You had a great experience and it's over. And like, enjoy the experience of that. And, you know, don't talk about the movie all the time. It's never going to see the light of day. And I remember being so bummed out. Like, <laughs> man, I really thought people were going to go see this movie. I really it felt, listen, it felt good when we were doing it. Uh, I mean, I, I thought, I thought we had something, dad. And my father was like, it's just not, it's not going to happen. Just let it go. <laughs> and so I spent a year trying to get it out of my head. A year later, a year later, it came out a year later. I saw the matinee with my grandparents who came to the shooting with me in an empty movie theater on Madison Avenue. And it was the first show. It was in noon. And I remember uh, the only other person in the theater was the young lady who sold us our tickets. <laughs> and we sat there and the movie was good. You know, I mean, great movie. What do I know? But I'm 12 at the time. Great and movie. My grandparents were talking the whole time. Like, oh, that's, that's where they had lobster for lunch that day. I remember that day. Um, uh, oh, that was the day they had ribs. Remember the barbecue they had for lunch? <laughs> that was a great day. But the lady stopped me when we were walking out. It was an empty theater. And she went, were you in that movie? And my grandfather said, yeah, we were there for the shooting. They shot it in Eugene. It was great. They served ribs. And um, she said, come here. Come with me, family. And it was my grandparents and I. And she went to the ticket office and gave my grandfather the matinee money back. It was probably like, we're talking like 15 bucks. <laughs> Amazing. Tops. And she was like, movie, she was like, movie stars don't have to pay. Come on, man. You don't have to pay for that. And um, she stopped me and she went, hey, that was a really good movie. And I went, oh, thank you. And she went, no, I'm telling you, like, I see all the movies that come here. That was a good one. That one's going to last. And that was the first glimmer of hope. I was like, oh, maybe people will see this movie. Like, I mean, first of all, it was in the theater, so my father was wrong there. Yeah, it yeah. made it to the theater. But her saying, hey, that was, I see all the movies that come here, and that was that was one of the good ones. <laughs> it was really funny. But, um, you know, what's funny is uh, I, I talk about what a wonderful experience it was. It was actually a real, oh, man, this is, I, I hate to get, uh, uh, I hate to bum everybody out. Um, but um, afterwards, I didn't really work, you know? I mean, I didn't, again, my parents weren't, uh, well, you weren't in L.A., right? I wasn't in L.A. You're an 11-year-old kid. Uh, my You're not parents gonna, didn't yeah. know, you know? Um, yeah. And I, I didn't really work after that. And I got to say, I couldn't believe everybody just moves on after that. I thought they were all going to be my best friends forever and ever after that, right. you know? And Yes, yes. I know exactly what you mean. You know, it was, um, 
at a very early age, I, I don't want to say I became a little cold. You know, I was like, oh, so. You're like the Grinch. Your heart just went shrunk. You know, it just, I couldn't believe we were such best friends. And listen, this happens in our business because you work so intensely for such a short period of time. And now I'm more used to it. And listen, I'm sure I work with young people now and they're like, oh, this is the best two months ever working on this movie with you in Moldova. Um, yes. But if only I could see you without the rubber suit. <laughs> but it's um, it's funny. I couldn't believe everybody just goes their separate ways after Isn't that. Isn't it amazing? You know? I, I remember that. And I think it has to do with the age. I mean, you were 11. I was just turned 18. On, and it's the same with, and it was boys, outsiders, stand by me. They're very similar thematically. And those, you're, they're your, like beyond your brothers. It's, it's, it's next level. And then it's over. And uh, it, that I had the very, very similar, similar experience. How, how did it affect you? I was, I, I cried like a baby the day I left the set and went home. Like, like, cause I, I, in some part of me knew that it would never be like it was because we were like a, a family, like a, an actual, actual family. It was it was super intense, super emotional, super long shoot and ginned up by Coppola, you know, to make us, you know, even more, you know, emotionally entrenched in the process. Uh, sorry to pry, but um, uh, um, entrenched in the process of rehearsal process. Of- All of it. Like a hanging out afterwards process, all, all of going it. to dinner process, all of it, yeah, um, for sure. And and uh, so we before shooting, after shooting, during all of it, for, we rehearsed for a month. Wow. Let me just interrupt you there for a second. People always ask me, like, tell me about Stand by Me. They they want to know about it, as I'm mm-hmm. sure people say the same thing about Outsiders with you, Rob Reiner. For two weeks before we shot anything, we rehearsed. We hung out. We played games the first week. Then the next week, we went to every location and we blocked every scene out. Now, looking back, I think it's because he came from sitcoms, which is you rehearse for four days and then you shoot on Friday nights. So I think he felt most comfortable as a director blocking things out. But these days, with budgets and how they make movies, you get there the day of. I mean, I'm talking huge movies here. You get there the day of and they they say, okay, let's put this on its feet. And that's the first time you're meeting someone you're having an intimate lovemaking scene with. I mean, there's yeah. no rehearsals gone. Gone. Um, so I, I think that's a testament to young filmmakers out there yeah. that you want the real emotion, you want the real stuff, get some rehearsal time. Yeah. Like, it's just tough to pay people. You know, it's tough. Like, Rob, it's like, could you imagine trying to say, hey, Rob, will you come to, uh, where did you shoot Outsiders, Marfa or something? Yeah, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Tulsa? Yeah. Will you come to Tulsa a month early and rehearse with these kids? You mean like, dude, I got a podcast. Are you crazy? Yeah. I got to go get a new battery in my watch. Um, (laughs) I, uh, so it's, it's just changed. The, the business has changed, you know, but um, it's so interesting to hear that. There's two films Classics. Sorry, I'm allowed to say it. I'm in one of them. You're in two of them, as far as I can tell. Um, what's the other one? Jerry Maguire. Oh, I thought you were going to say Kangaroo Jack or yeah. Camp Wilder. Camp Wilder, man. No, Jerry Maguire is one of my favorite movies ever made. It's in my, one. It's in my top. It is in my top ten. Yeah, of all time, and might even be in my top five. Yeah, it was a good one. It was really, um, really exciting to watch that. It was also exciting because it was my first film after. Stand by me. That is insane. So, um, now, mind you, I know you're saying that is insane, but I was only nine years older. I mean, only nine years in That's between insane. Stand by Me and Jerry Maguire. Crazy, right? That is really. Uh, really Jerry Maguire is a really interesting story. And by the way, a good audition story, young actors, if you're listening, listen up. Um, I went in there and auditioned on tape and for Cameron Crowe to play the agent, Bob Sugar, played by the aforementioned Jay Moore. It all comes back to Camp Wilder, everybody. Yes. Um, and I auditioned a number of times and then I auditioned with the star of Jerry Maguire. And it was uh, deemed that physically I looked more like a football player. Um. And so I auditioned for the agent, by the way, killed it, nailed it. 
very loose, got notes, did their notes. A little tip, everybody. Um, if you get notes in an audition, do them almost to the nth degree to like almost like a joke because it shows every like directors as a trick give you a direction like, oh, play this sad. Um, even if it's like a happy scene, play a little more sad, like start to cry because it shows them that you listen to them and could take direction because a lot of actors sort out what they're doing and are only able to do that. That's right. And so I got some direction where I was told to take it away and I did it. And James Brooks, the famous producer was in the room Jesus. and everything and everybody loved it and I killed it. And then, um, I was asked some questions about like my physical appearance and everything. And they were like, Jesus, you know, I'm a, I'm a tall guy, you know? And they were like, man, you look, did you ever play football? And I was like, no, you know, no. And then I left and I could tell they were like not feeling it. They didn't think I looked like an agent. I remember walking to my car in the structure and I was like, what a bummer. That was my shot. It would have been so great to follow up Stand By Me with Jerry Maguire. I'm going to do a movie like Kubrick every nine years. <laughs> and um, somebody ran out and said, hey, will you come back in? And I went back in and they said, hey, can you do a Southern accent? And uh, Oh, you said no. I said, can I do a Southern accent? Can I, I do like, a Southern course. accent? And they said, we'd love you to read for the quarterback. And then uh, I went in and did it. And uh, gotten another, I mean, you'll as either, Rob Lowe called it, a classic. You'll either surf or ski. Yeah, that's right. That's what my character said. He was, uh, he was Cushman. a quarterback. Yeah. Cush, Cush. Cushman. Well, you're singing that ridiculous song with the guitar. Yeah. So, I love that movie. Yeah. Like, you can't even imagine. It's all Cameron Crowe. He writes it. Um, he's there for every minute. He lives it. He breathes it. He knows every moment. Um he worked very closely with Tom Cruise. It was really amazing to watch a star work. You know, the only job I had done, you know, only film I had done before that was Stand By Me. And, you know, I... Uh, no stars. You know, it was just kids, you yeah. know. Um, uh, sorry, Kiefer, you know, I mean... He wasn't <laughs> like a star. He, was he wasn't a star yet. No. But um, it was amazing to watch um, just Tom take his time read through things, just be a star, you know, be really nice to everybody, be gracious, show me what a star does. Um, um, he wears it, he wears it extraordinarily well. He's a star. He's, yeah, he's, he's a real leader, you know, Yeah. because, you know, we've also worked with stars and listen, I get it. Who don't want to be bothered, you know, and, uh, uh, listen, they have a lot to deal with. And Tom Cruise is not that guy. He's really, um, he's, uh, generous generous with everything and works everything out. And it was funny, like watching him and Cameron Crowe work out like, oh man, you know, I really, um, I, I picked something up when I worked with, with Tom Cruise and that was, um, Tom Cruise plays a lot of his emotions through smiles. Like his, he's obviously got uh, the best smile ever in the history of yeah. mankind, um, <laughs> of, of all humanity. And, uh, I remember like my character, uh, he's listening to Jay Moore's character talk to him and he knows I'm not signing. My character is oh, signing amazing. with him. It's an amazing scene. And if you it's watch amazing. him, he's like smiling through it. So he's doing Tom Cruise. Yeah, he's he's nice. doing, but he's playing it and you can see the vein in his head. And it was just, <laughs> I was like, wow, look at him doing him, but doing him while ingesting this terrible news. It was, um, it's one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Yeah. It was a real, real experience. Don't you pick the phone up? At first, uh, is you or, or, or um, no, he picks the phone up and it's Bob Sugar saying, Hey, is he in there? Oh, you know, right. let me know, and he can hear him. That's right. And uh, it he's, was just Tom Tug is like, uh, Just grunt if he's there. Uh. Yeah, it was just a great experience. It was really funny. It was, um, it was really interesting too because I, I, I went to, um, I, I just got to see a set that was like, you know, you rehearse it. And then they light it for a couple hours. A hours. Janusz Kaminski shot it. Academy Award yeah. winning director of photography. Yeah. And I remember we did one scene on a plane and they had like, a, like a, like the sun was like moving. Like, so they had someone moving the sun and it was like fucking beautiful. And I was yeah. like, it was like a, it was like a, it was like a Hallmark card or something. And I was like, this is a scene where we're talking about football. <laughs> and it was just it just it, it it's it, it's just how it's done. It's just it's the a it's the a game. It's the, the a game. It's the, the NFL. You know, and I've you know I've since worked on television shows where you know you're doing airplane scenes and it's you know 
<laughs> some grip next to you going, right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> someone with a flashlight, like, you know, or dry eye, like, got special effects, you got the dry eyes now. Yeah. Um, and it's like, uh, it was, it was fun to see how the big leagues do it. You know, I, I, I made it to the big leagues. That's a great, it's, it's just one of the great, and that movie, it's one of those movies that never, again, never gets made today. If it, it, it it's a, it gets made, but it doesn't get made like that today. And it doesn't get made with those people today. You know, it's funny, not to diss on, uh, I'm going to sound like an old man now, but, um, you know, scripts are different now. Um, yeah. yep. uh, scripts in my day were heavily rewritten. Uh, they went through passes. People did passes of scripts. And I think because a lot of movies now are made for streaming, um, I think scripts are just put together differently. I'm not saying mo- one movie is better than the other. I'm just saying that the process is, the development process is very different than it was in my day. Um, you know, I, I I also wrote a screenplay that went through a number of rewrites and it was in the studio system and eventually got made. So I saw the old school system and I don't, I haven't developed with a streaming service, but I, I got to think that they don't develop things the way they used to. It's just, a, it's a different development process. Sorry for getting so deep here. No, it's, it's all of it is, all of it. I just can't, I just, I'm sorry, I can't get over the the visual of you with the guitar <laughs> singing the Cushman theme. Yeah. Cush, Cush, Cush. Yeah, Cush Lash. Cush, Cush Lash, yeah. Ah, did you make, was that in the script? Um, I couldn't play guitar and I was asked to. And I said to Cameron Crowe, I was like, I can't play guitar. I still can't play guitar. And he was like, I don't care. That's what was amazing about it. He was like, what do you know? I was like, oh, he wanted me to sing um, uh, the Nirvana song, um, something in the way, ooh, yeah, uh, uh, underneath the bridge, something called a leak, tarpus called a leak. It's okay to eat fish because they haven't got no feeling. Oh, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. In the, and he wanted me to sing that. So I had to go to a guitar lesson. And the guy was like, hey, it's an easy song. It's three chords. And I was like, I can't fucking play this, man. Like, I'm not Johnny B. Good. I'm not John Mayer. Like, you got the wrong guy. And Cameron Crowe was like, no, it's good. It's like, I don't care. And I was like, you don't care if this sounds terrible? And he was like, it's okay. It's okay. It's more than okay. Something in the way. It was really fun. Just, Nirvana was yeah, so popular. If, 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 if you have not seen Jerry Maguire, I'm sure everybody, <laughs> uh, it is, I cannot recommend it highly, highly enough. This was great. Thank you for coming, man. This oh, was, man, this is a lot of fun. I mean, Sorry, it's usually, I, uh, the, tales, the, the tables are usually turned. I'm, I'm rolling up to where you shoot the talk and it's one billion degrees all the time there in that parking lot. And I'm coming in, getting getting ready to come see you in the gals. Yeah, no way. I'm a, I'm a big fan. I love uh, I love you. It's it's an honor to be here. You're, um, you're, uh, you're an inspiration. I love it. And keep going. And vice versa. And I, I know I'll be seeing you on the talk because I love coming and talking to you guys. So... Next time, get get your questions ready now. Start thinking. Oh, yeah. Okay. Start thinking. Thanks, everybody. Don't forget, Jerry's got season 14. Season 14. 14 of The Talk. New episodes air weekdays at 2 p.m. on CBS and Paramount+. Plus. Ring, ring. What's that? Ooh. It's the lowdown line. Hello, you've reached literally in our lowdown line where you can get the lowdown on all things about me, Rob Lowe. 323 570 4551. So have at it. Here's the beep. Hello, Rob. This is Deanna, originally from New York, now living in New Hampshire. I'm a longtime fan and a faithful listener. I typically don't enjoy those cheesy holiday-type movies, but I will admit to watching them during the holiday season. One of my favorite go-to holiday-type movies is Holiday in the Wild. This is a movie that no matter how many times I watch it, I, it absolutely just warms my heart. Africa is at the very top of my bucket list, and so are the elephants. When I am finally able to visit Africa, I would love to have the experience in a raw, natural way. I wonder if you'd be so kind and talk about the movie, your experience in Africa, experience working with the lovely Kristen Davis and your son. Thank you, Rob, for creating that beautiful, heartfelt movie. 
Oh, thank you. I love that you love that movie so much. Uh, you can find it on Netflix. It just has an amazing life. It's taken on a life of its own and its success is something I'm very proud of for, for the reasons that you articulated beautifully. Um, it's Africa. Um, it is filmed in the wild. I mean, I think you that is uh, seeps into the DNA of the picture. Africa is, it defies words. And I've been very lucky to have traveled there a bunch and to make a movie there. Oh my, I mean, what a mass, like it just, it, we would literally stop, film, stop shooting for the day. And on the way back to where we were staying, we go, do you want to go on a safari? Yeah, let's take a little drive. And we would, so I, I safaried every day making that movie. All of the elephants in the movie are real wild elephants. And that is all Kristen Davis, who has been one of the elephant activists since day one. She produced the movie. It was her idea to raise awareness on, on the plight facing um, elephants in Africa. So uh, that is also a reason that the movie works so well. Um, and she fought to have us shoot in Africa with real live elephants as opposed to like Agoura Hills, California with Hollywood elephants, which we could have done for sure. Um, so my hat is off to her because she is an amazing, amazing woman. And I'm glad you liked it so much. And if you haven't seen it, check it out. It's, it's a very sweet movie. So thanks for listening. And we will see you next week. And thanks, Jerry. You're the best. See you next week on Literally. You've been listening to Literally with Rob Lowe, produced by me, Nick Liao, with help from associate producer Sarah Bagar. Research by Alyssa Grawl. Editing by Jerron Ferguson. Engineering and mixing by Rich Garcia. Our executive producers are Rob Lowe for Low Profile, Adam Sachs, Jeff Ross, and myself for Team Coco, and Colin Anderson for Stitcher. Booking by Deirdre Dodd, music by Devin Bryant. Special thanks to Hidden City Studios. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Literally with Rob Lowe.